Welcome, everybody, to a TGIF edition of Texans All Access. I should put an extra F in there, but not for football. For fun! Well, we always have fun, but we're going to have a little extra fun tonight, and you'll hear why. We're going to talk a lot about opposing quarterbacks in our next segment. We'll hear from Nico Collins as well along the way. But John Harrison, Mark Vandermeer here will do a – well, we're going to do a fun Friday show because Mark sent me a text – and that got in my head, especially today. You know why today is the right day to do this show? And welcome in, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Johnny. Why is today the right day to do this show? Well, today is May 27th. All right. And I've been waiting for May 27th. Mm-hmm. I've marked the day. Because? Top Gun Maverick is coming oh, out. Oh, are you going to watch this? Of course. <laughs> why would I Wait, not? Wait, is this theaters only or can I get it on some streaming service as well? I think it's theaters only on this one, uh. as far as I know. Old-fashioned, the I, old school way. Come on, make it so I can watch it in my living room tonight. Darn it! Okay, but of all the things that we missed during the pandemic, I gotta admit, going to a theater yeah. was yeah, it was up there. I definitely missed going to a theater to watch a movie. Now, listen, movies are a little bit more expensive than what we've gone to, but. You go to an iPick theater or mm. Star Movie Grill or whatever it is. Sound system. And you got the big chairs and you got food they'll bring and to an you. And an audience laughing or reacting to a big moment. Yes. There's something about that. You know, Top Gun. All right, so the first one, my dad, I told you, trained with NATO fighters yep. in yep. South Texas. He was from the Netherlands and he was in the program. He freaking loves the highway to the danger zone. Oh, Just that video montage yeah. of planes landing on the yeah, aircraft yeah, yeah. carrier and the flames in the back and taking yeah. off. and do, 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 do. I mean, it is awesome stuff. Uh-huh. It's really great cinematography. It it's is. Tremendous. And no matter what you think of the rest of the Top Gun movie, that right there is electric. There are, there are a lot of lines that that came out of that movie that you continue to use True. many, many years later. I always thought it was interesting. So that movie came out in 86-ish. Yes, I want to say 86. 86. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was head coach for three years at Episcopal. Every single long road trip we went on, we went, we went on a few. We went, we did a, we did a Tampa St. Pete back to back week, one week after the next. It was ridiculous. Every time we went, they wanted to watch two movies, my players, two movies. The Navy SEALs movie. I think yeah. it was just called SEALs or Navy SEALs. And Top Gun. Those were the two movies they wanted to watch every single time. I, I couldn't understand. I mean, I, I, I love those movies. I couldn't understand the Navy SEALs one. The Top Gun one, I'm like, yeah, Top Gun. What's the biggest line from the movie? The most memorable, long-lasting line from, from- – Top, Top Gun. Gun. Need for Whoa. Speed? Yeah, the Need for Speed. Probably. I have a need, the Need for Speed. You lost yes. that love and feeling scene? It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I don't know that anybody does that in a bar anymore, if ever. I think they do it in the new movie. They do a version of it. Okay, don't don't ruin it because... Well, yeah. that just got out on social media. That's not a huge spoiler alert. Like, oh my gosh, Goose died. Yeah. It, Sorry. Don't tell the people that. Maybe people are wanting to see... Well, I... We, uh, during the, during the pandemic... My daughter had printed out the AFI top 100 movies of all time, American Film Institute uh, top 100 movies. And so was that in it? Uh, on it? Oh, I don't remember if that was in it. Okay. But I do remember that got us thinking about movies we wanted to watch. And so one night, there were really no movies on there that that the four of us could agree on. And finally, I said, <laughs> finally I said, hey, what about Top Gun? 
And everybody kind of looked at each other and was like, yeah, sure, why not? So all four of us watched it. And obviously, Paige and I are of the demographic. We saw it when we were yeah, we were in uh, middle school, high school. And our kids were seeing it. Now they were a little bit older. They're in high school. But they loved it. They they absolutely loved it. Thought it was great. Thought the volleyball scene was as cheesy as it could possibly be. But still fantastic because Kenny Loggins uh, had the music for it. The volleyball the scene. The volleyball scene is All right. amazing. I just have to say something quickly about this. Is it, if you just if you just play the audio of the volleyball scene and don't look at the scene, it sounds like what you would imagine something to be. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. They took a lot of heat anyway for that volleyball scene. They did. They did. I thought the volleyball. I I'm a huge fan of volleyball. Checking your watch, but flexing while you're checking the watch, like. What time is it? Yeah. yeah. What time is it? And then, yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great scene. It's a <laughs> tremendous scene. It's so um, over the top. And yeah, way 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 over the top. Now, speaking of movies, you sent me this mm-hmm. a little bit earlier, and you're like, could talk for days on this. And I thought this was pretty interesting. We lost a a great movie. I mean, a great actor. It should. Just say, if you watch the league, he was so underrated as Hudebega, the the uh, lead attorney in Ruxin's. If you watch the league, you know what I'm talking about. You're probably laughing right now. If you didn't watch the league, you didn't know. Wait, the league was that fantasy football show it with was the great chemistry between those guys? It was tremendously funny. Okay. And Ray Liotta was on a season. He was he was uh, a lawyer, kind of the the lead attorney in a in a in a, a law firm, and Ruxin. <laughs> worked for him, and Ruxin was just this. I don't think I ever saw those episodes oh. with him, with Ray Liotta. Liotta is hilarious. Okay. I mean, he was just, he was typical Ray Liotta. I mean, he was just, he he could do anything. And he he passed away at 67, so yesterday there were all kinds of, uh, there were GIFs or video clips or all kinds of stuff, of course, from, you know, Goodfellas and all his different movies. But he was in, he was in a few sports movies as well. He played Shoeless Joe in yeah. Field of Dreams and was very, very good in that movie. Um, I remember that because he was like, we don't want you. We want him. And he points at uh, James Earl Jones instead of Kevin yeah, Costner. Yeah. And Costner, it's one of the best Loses scenes in a movie. It. He's like, no, it's me. And James Earl Jones is like, no, it's me. And I, it was just, it was great. Ray Liotta did a great job playing. Or going Shoot to uh, Burt Lancaster. Hey, rookie. Yeah. You were good. Yeah. It was very, it's a great sports movie. And so PFT Live, did they did their draft. Which uh, I want to say I'm a little bit envious because it's we we do that draft and I have a fun time with it. So their draft today was best sports movies. Yeah, and it was it was Peter some oh Peter King, so it was Peter King and Mike Florio picked their their draft and I don't know who went first, but they went with Rocky two. That was Florio, the Bad News Bears and Caddyshack. Those are yeah. Florios. Peter yeah. King's. A League of Their Own, baseball, Moneyball, baseball, Field of Dreams, baseball. I thought it was interesting. Peter King's a big baseball. He's a big baseball. And, and that's the thing about McLean, too, about John. John's a massive baseball guy. Like, you could talk to John McClain about anything going on with the Astros, and he, he would know it. He watches every single game. He's on top of it. Peter King's the same way with baseball. And I thought, okay, let's us do this. Yes, let's us do let's it. Let's us do this and come up with our – Let's let's follow what they did. Our movies, best sports movies, 
and do a draft. We don't even have we won't snake because it's only the two of us. So we right. won't have to do that. <laughs> Okay. We won't have to snake. You know, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do just three. All right. Because I have a feeling that they're going to be – I know one of mine is not going to is not gonna be on there for sure. That's 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 a oh, lot. Oh, I know one of yours already. I re-watched it because it was on – I re-watched it like last week. Mm-hmm. And I almost called you <laughs> in the middle of the night. It was like 2 in the morning I'm watching this movie. I'm like, I got to call Johnny right now. <laughs> And complain <laughs> that this is. I, I'm going to say what it is. Can I say what it is? Yeah. It's draft day. Yeah. And you watch it before the draft. Okay. And I'm like, how can so, this be? This is like, this is like a doctor who's an outstanding surgeon saying, you know that TV show Scrubs. That yeah. is on the money. Yeah. I mean, that is just. I have to watch that show before I operate. What? Draft day is so aggravating to me to watch because Costner is such an idiot. He's just got Jennifer Garner on the brain the whole time. And he's like, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I remember I brought up the who's got the fourth pick. Yeah. But after watching the movie again, there are several other instances oh, in which he's completely like, tell me about this player. Dude, it's draft day. I mean, you I don't expect you to know. I mean, you should know the seventh round really well. <laughs> Never mind, like, who might be the sixth best prospect in the draft, Costner. Okay. No wonder why they want you out of Cleveland in the t- context of that movie. Now, there are 31 other teams in the NFL, and we follow all of them. We always look at all their content, and every once in a while, one of the teams will do something, and I just go, dang it. Why didn't we think of that? Mm-hmm. The Chargers took various parts of draft day yeah, and had GM Tom Telesco sit down and watch those and then opine on it. Oh, and just kill it? It's just shoot so, it down? It's oh, Nick so, would be great at that. Oh, I know. I thought about that, too. I was like, oh. Nick would be like, why are you wasting my time with this? I'd to, rather watch Bull Durham. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome because there are times where you're like, oh, he's, he's going to blast this. And you remember the part in draft day where they said they put a $100 bill in the back of the playbook? Oh, yeah. And he's talking to the security guard. Yeah. And Tusker goes, oh, that's pretty good. I kind of like that. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. But the first time they would, Coster walks in and he tells his draft room, we've traded for the number one pick. Telesco, so they walk in, so they pa- he, pa- he has him pause it. And right in the middle, he's erasing the board. And they had two players up on the board. And Telesco's sitting there going, well, wait a second. It, what were they? What, why were two? What? Why are there two different things up there? What are they doing? And then he looks at the draft boards that they have behind them. Yeah. And he goes, "Those draft boards are way too small." Oh, and then he talked about the draft boards like three or four different times. It kept bothering him yep. about the draft boards, but they would pause it at different points and they asked him about the trade and and uh, they said, "Is this how a trade goes down?" And he said, "He said, yeah, kinda." He said, "I don't know that we call each other pancake eating." bleeper bleepers but you know a trade has to go down pretty quickly yep. and they have to get things done he goes i don't know that i've had anybody ask for three first round picks back but it was pretty interesting because he's a pretty like telesco's like nick in a sense very serious guy um you can tell that there's some things that to him were, were really funny that you wouldn't maybe think were going to be funny. Mm-hmm. But then there were some things that just completely bothered oh, him. Oh, like that's the draft good. Board. It was really, really that good. good. That will not be one of my three, though. Okay, let's go. It will go. not be one of my three. You go first. First one. All right. First of all, it's no surprise that Peter King and Florio didn't pick any football movies mm-hmm. 
in that I think baseball movies are the best sports movies by and large. Right. They just, I don't know, for some reason that sport lends itself to good movie making. you can replicate the action better. And boxing movies as well. I would actually say boxing movies are the best sports movies out there. I think the Rocky series, and we could debate, you know, Rocky 1 versus 2 versus 4, 3, 5 stinks, you know, whatever. You know, we can talk about Creed. Creed is good. Creed Creed. movies are good. So boxing movies, Cinderella Man, Mm -hmm. Raging Bull. I mean, there are a billion of them. Right, there are yeah. a billion of a million dollar babies, pretty good too, in its own way. Yep, uh, there are a lot of good boxing movies. Uh, my favorite, so I have to pick number one. This is my number one draft. So number choice. one overall pick. There's a lot of heat on you right now. A lot. A Am lot. I picking for history or just for my You're subjective? You're picking for you. You're picking taste. for you and your team. It's like the NFL draft. Right, I'm, you run a you run a four three. Okay. I, I am going to get and, a lot of disagreement here. Uh, okay. I don't even think it's the best critical movie as far as football movies go, but this is my favorite sports movie, Rudy. I know that okay. in real life, what did he get himself into some sort of controversy, like scandal or whatever, some kind uh, of I don't, yeah, I don't something know. to do with money? I don't know. Whatever don't know. happened to him, I'm just going to take it for the sake of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Fighting for your dream, long shot, just against all odds, Carried off the field. Johnny, that scene at the end of the movie gets me every, <laughs> every single time. time. I well up a little bit. I do. I admit it. I know I'm very, I don't know, sappy, whatever, sentimental. But that movie to me is the one. You know who's underrated, completely and totally underrated in that movie? And I think John steals, Favreau. Yes. Steals almost every scene he's in. It's Favreau. He's tremendous. I mean, he's tremendous in a lot of movies in that way. He steals scenes, whatever movie he's There's in. There's so many good role players in that movie. The Priest is great. Yep. You know? Two, incontrovert- uh, Button, two incontrovertible truths. One, there is a God. Two, I'm not him. <laughs> That's what the <laughs> Priest said to Rudy. Uh, it's just great. There's so many good ones. Ned okay. Beatty. There are. And, man, the boxing movies. They The boxing movies do, do very, very well. I mean, like you said, Raging Bull, Cinderella Man. Really, really good. There's a sport that hardly ever will get mentioned in the sports movies, but it is my number one. It has moved to number one. And cool runnings. Say, <laughs> you know what that is. I mean, I know what it is. I mean, you kind of got the weather part down in some mm-hmm. sense. Ooh. But when I was growing up, actually, before I moved to Texas, in Wisconsin, the very first sport I ever played, you know this, I think I've told you this, was the very first sport I ever played. When you moved to I Texas? Told, no, no, no. Just in general. Hockey. Oh, yes. Hockey. Miracle. Hockey was my very first sport. And they made me push a chair around the rink. And I was five trying to play with the the, the eight-year-old team because it was the only team they had. And when they when I realized I couldn't go into games because I was too young, they would take me on the bus. My dad was like, no, nah, you're playing base- basketball from now on. I'm like, okay, good. Well, which was great because when I came to Texas – I can play my sport. Or at least they played basketball, yeah. But hockey was my first one. and I know there are people who play hockey in Houston. Don't text us. I know, I know. But God love you. It's not like, not like the basketball scene, especially mm-hmm. especially back in the late 80s, early 90s. My neighbor's kid, by the way, top hockey prospect. Yeah. I mean, all the schools are looking at him. Anyway, go on. So I fell in love with the USA team in 1980. I was an eight-year-old. I would play hockey in my, my living room. I just mm-hmm. – I, I got it. Well, even at that age, I understood what the eighty team was doing. I knew that was a that was a I knew it was a miracle. Then I watched the movie, and it 
it all hit me like what the United States was going through at that time yeah. and then how that team came together. And the one thing I've always loved about hockey teams in particular is the camaraderie and the chemistry that they have. It's just different than other it is sports. Different. And you see it in that movie. And actually, a couple of the, a couple of the guys are sons of the guys that, that played on that team. And Herb Brooks, uh, I mean, Kurt Russell is Herb Brooks is just unbelievably good. Great job. Unbelievably good. And it's the same thing. When Eruzioni scores the goal, I, I lose it every time. It's a damn Disney movie, and I lose it every time. So my number one movie is Miracle. Okay, now i got to go with my number two sports movie. This is tough. Bull Durham. They didn't pick them damn in their it. top six. Yeah. i got to go Bull Durham. Johnny, you want to talk about how many lines from Bull Durham have yes. stood the test of time? And I know that our video guys who aren't sitting very far away from where we are right yeah. now in the digital studio, the Hyundai Texans radio studio, probably have never even seen Bull Durham because yeah. it came out in the mid to they late have. 80s. But they should. Everybody should see Bull Durham. It yes. is a terrific film. And it's got many memorable lines. It's got funny scenes. It's got really meaningful baseball stuff in there that yep. is still referenced. I'm sure, well, maybe the young players of today don't do it, but it's a great movie. It's really good. Every time, every single time I see Nuke Lelouch hitting the bull, I die laughing. It's so good. I absolutely lose There's it. so many life lessons. The scene where Costner is like telling the batter what's coming. He's like, yeah. hey, serve it up. Go ahead. <laughs> it's so it's so good. And then the next scene is Lelouch just nodding. Okay, yeah. I'll accept the sign every time. So in that movie, I had gone to see it. I mean, I had seen it already, and I had gone to see it with a girlfriend of mine. And there's that uh, – oh, no, I hadn't seen it. It's the first time I've seen it. Because there's that scene where Crash Davis – crushes one but he hits a foul and then he says something to the pitcher going back to the mound and I turned to my girlfriend and I said watch he's going to throw at him and it was I don't and then the pitcher just took the next one and tried to put it in his ear hole and she goes how'd you know that it's like because if I was pitching I would have done the same thing that movie is really kind of the impetus for why I love our road trips I said after that movie I said I want to spend one year with a minor league baseball team or a professional team just traveling around to games and mm -hmm. playing games and that's that's what I want to do and I was obviously never good enough to do it professionally so that's when we go on trips I always think about that obviously it's different than going on a bus and all that but it's very different very different but it's still kind of that same thing of traveling to a game and playing a game and that's what you're like it's it's just kind of it, it's it's crazy. So you uh, you take Bull Durham, which I was going to take if you didn't. But take I drafted it. it, so you can't take it now. Yeah, uh, which makes me think I should take draft day right here, but I won't. <laughs> but I won't. Uh, I'm just going to take. You know, I'm not taking it. So draft day is going to be available no, as an undrafted free agent for I know, you. I know, and and I don't know that I want to do that. So I want Miracle, and now I'm just going to go. And I know some people will think I'm unoriginal with this, but it's the original. It, you you can't beat it. It, it, won a, it won an Oscar. It won Oscars. I'm taking the original Rocky. The original Rocky, it may have been on a shoestring budget or whatever it was, but Apollo Creed, I mean, Carl Weathers' as Apollo Creed is just unbelievable. And then the story of Talia Shire as the shy, you know, uh, girlfriend of Rocky and Burgess Meredith and how he gets the shot. And Rocky says, well, you know, I just got to do it. And then, in the 14th, the, the one that always gets me in the 14th round was just getting pounded. 
And then he gets knocked down, he gets back up, and he waves Apollo over, and he gives him a couple of guts. I lose it every time. So I'm taking the original Rocky at number two. Hard to beat it. It, well, here's the thing about the original Rocky, especially for young folk watching the movie for the first time. It is slow. I mean, the ending yes. scene, the fight scene's fantastic. Mm-hmm. There are many great moments in that yeah. film. But they got the format much better in 2, 3, and 4 in that they speed up the metabolism of the movie yeah. and make it much more of an action-type sports movie with the videos. Uh, well, they still have the workout montage in right, Rocky right, 1. Right, right. But Rocky 2, when she's in the hospital... And oh, one she's thing like, I want you to do for me. Yeah, win. Yeah. I mean, that scene gives you chills. But in one, he's hitting the meat in the in the yes, locker. Yes, it's all there. It moves slowly, and but Duke, it did win Best Picture. It did. And Apollo's trainer, Duke, is like watching him. He says, hey, yo, champ, I think you should watch this guy. And Apollo's like, ah, nah, nah, nah. He's just some, you yeah. know, Italian lefty. And Duke's watching him getting concerned because Rocky's hitting the meat in the in the locker, in the, in the meat locker. It's like, well, and then knocks him down early. Of course, I'm not. Look, it's almost 50 years, so I'm not spoiling anything for you. But to me, everything is based off of the original Rocky. It is. I would have gone with Creed. I think the original, like Creed One, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think all the way they paid homage to all the Rocky movies before it and all that was great. I think Michael B. Jordan is fantastic. Um, And then the guy that he fights uh, in London, I, I mean, and that fight is so realistic. Yeah, because it's, it's so newer. Real, it, yeah, it's so realistic. It's so good. I thought Michael B. Jordan was just fantastic. I almost took that, but I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to take Creed, I'm going all the way back to the original. You know, I'm going back to Rocky. It's hard not to love the Rocky movies. Yeah. Rocky Four is basically a music video for two hours with right. Drago and everything. Right. All the songs. They peppered that thing with it songs. It was pure 80s. Yeah, they did. There's no easy way out. That I mean, was the so soundtrack of my eighth grade year, man. That was the song that got me hyped. That was my hype song. That was my hype tape. <laughs> so I set my kids, my 16-year-old, I set his alarm <laughs> to that song a lot. <laughs> or Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Okay. Or the theme from Rocky, yes. you know, and yeah. he wakes up to that. And I can hear it <laughs> from upstairs. I can hear it. <laughs> There's no easy way. <laughs> Poor kid's got to listen to my 80s music. Okay. All right. So I, as much as I love the Rockies, Rocky movies, they're not even my favorite boxing movie, which is Cinderella Man. I love Cinderella Man. Going True with that story. right here, number three? <sighs> I think I'll go with it since okay. I'm on a roll here. Okay. Paul Giamatti, Russell Crowe. Oh, Paul Giamatti's great. Uh, great. Paul Giamatti is so good as the trainer. Yeah. And the scene, and they do it so well where times are good, he's riding high, then all of a sudden they they sort of dissolve mm-hmm. into the depression. Yep. And what they were all going through, and he's on the Jersey side, and he's, yep. he is really in dire straits, and somehow he gets a fight, and he ends up at Madison Square Garden fighting a guy for whatever money he can get yeah. and he doesn't even have any food in his belly and he gets the corned beef hash from Giamatti and he yeah. can't even he has to eat it like a dog because his hands are already taped up but he goes out there and knocks out <laughs> the champ or whoever it was and he's back it was that scene is so good it's one of yeah. the best sports movie scenes I've ever seen and Johnny we can do this draft next week I might change my mind because I'll yeah. put remember the Titans in here instead yeah. which I think is phenomenal yeah just a phenomenal film another true story based on a true story I imagine they take some liberties like what's her name Hayden Panteri yeah being so knowledgeable of football <laughs> one of the great sports movie characters ever yes. there's so many good ones but anyway go on okay what's yours? so so that's Cinderella man for for you, so I am I'm not going I'm not going draft day, but I am staying in the 
in the comedic realm. Because after after Bull Durham came out, I think it was after Bull Durham, I think it was the very next year, I'd heard about this movie that was filming at County Stadium in Milwaukee. And like I said, I before I came here, I lived in, in Wisconsin, so I used to go see Brewers games back in the in the late seventies and early eighties. Loved going to County Stadium. I heard they were shooting this movie in County Stadium, like of all places. And Bob Euchre was doing the play-by-play announcing in the movie, and this thing was called Major League. But it was about the Indians. I'm like, why would they? uh, Whatever. Okay, I'll go see it. And I laugh from beginning to end. Yeah, it's so good. It's full of laughs. and Lasting references, too. Yeah. In the first game, when Willie Mays Hayes makes the basket catch, (laughs) I'll say this to my son at times. I'll be like, nice job, son. Don't ever bleep and do it again. Because Lou Brown's got so many lines that are just fantastic as the, you know, the dry manager. But he's just – he's hilarious. It's it's so good. I watched it actually the other day because Jack hadn't seen it. My, my son Jack had not seen it. And I I, I was like, we got to watch this then. And there are some 80s things that don't quite, you know, yeah. hold up. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I did this. I forgot the movie I was going to say. What? Go ahead. Okay. My my tie with Major League because and, and <laughs> you'll tie. see why there's a tie. You have to turn a card in, but it's go a, on. It's a Wesley Snipes tie. White man can't jump. Mm. White man can't I jump. I watched that with my kid. It holds. It's it's tremendous. Uh, Ron Shelton and Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson did a 30 year retrospective that was on ESPN Plus. Oh, I got to see talking this. about the movie, and then they brought in you know Rosie Perez, right? And Ron Shelton, it was interesting because Shelton had done Bull Durham too. And Tin Cup. Yeah, and he said that he did White Man Can't Jump as an homage to his city, L.A., that there had not been anything about L.A., and they talked about how they found all the different courts, how they went to Watts, and how they shot uh, the scene with Marcus Johnson. It's really neat. It's, it's a lot of them talking and talking about different things and talking about the instances and, you know, oh, when we shot this scene, this, this, this. It's really interesting. I put White Man Can't Jump up there. I got White Man Can't Jump socks. I'm not wearing them right now, but I I absolutely love love that movie. So I'm how do we not say them. Hoosiers? You know, I could do without the romance between Gene Hackman and Barbara Hershey. Yeah, I a lot of the sports movies has stuff I don't care about, like yeah. Brad Pitt and his daughter and ex-wife in Moneyball. I don't yeah. need to see that. Moneyball's that. great. It's, other than that, you know what? Now that I watch, when I watch it now. I fast I fa- forward. I do. I fast forward. And don't those. feel any shame. I know. I, yeah, I fast forward through it. it. Absolutely. Now, what we won't fast forward through is the 2022 season. That's coming up sooner than we think. What about the quarterbacks the Texans face this year? We'll talk about that next right here in Texans. Alexa. 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 It's a thank God it's Friday edition of Texans All Access on this holiday weekend. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Hopefully you will take a moment on Monday and give thanks uh, to those that have served this country for oh so many years. But on a Friday edition, Mark and I just got through, and I know we're going to get just inundated with movies that we forgot, mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. movies that we forgot. But that's that's okay. Uh, and I'm glad I took two at the end with Major League and White Man Can't Jump. So uh, I'll give you an extra one at some point. But, Mark, I wrote an article today on the quarterbacks that the Texans are going to face because I got to thinking about – the last couple of years of quarterbacks. And I found something that was it was kind of interesting. And get your thought and then opine on the guys they're going to face. Back in 2020, the Texans 
started off the year, the first four games of the year. You remember how it went? Mahomes yeah. had just come off a of Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson. Lamar was the 2019 MVP. Ben Roethlisberger, much younger. Two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. And then Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That was the way the Texas 2020 season started. Like, bing, bang, boom. But like, four in a row. And, of course, the Texans lost all four. And Cousins is a three-time Pro Bowler. So, we're talking about four pretty salty guys right off the bat. Then, of course, you played the Jaguars. And then you got Tannehill. And then you had Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you were just getting hit with it. 2021 was was a bit different in that the Texans played 17 games. 15 of those games, they played against former first-round picks. Mm. The only two quarterbacks, see if you can name them, the only two quarterbacks the Texans did not face in 2021 that were first-round picks. That were not. Or did, that did face that weren't first-round picks. Do you know who they are? One of them. Well, one of them was a surprise. We actually found out the day of. It was when we were in South Florida. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. That was one. The other one should be more obvious because he is the only quarterback. He is. We faced two quarterbacks this year that have won Super Bowl rings. One of them you mentioned a little while ago, Patrick Mahomes. Who's the other? And we faced uh, week Garoppolo. In week two. Oh, we didn't face Garoppolo. We faced Trey Lance up we there. Did. Right. Oh, my gosh. So, it was Baker Mayfield. No, he's, a, he's a number one overall pick. Who do we face in week two this year with a different team? Oh, this year, uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. We faced last year Russell Wilson, third rounder. Yeah, That was the third rounder. 15 of the 17 that we faced last year were first-round quarterbacks, including four number one overalls. Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. Three additional top three picks in Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. And then you also had Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones who went in the top What's six. What's Tua? We didn't face Tua. We didn't face Tua. But we'll see him this year. But we definitely we will see him this year. This year's quarterbacks, it's hard to kind of compartmentalize what we're going to see with these guys because you do have a decent number of first-round quarterbacks. In fact, in the division, you're facing three former first-round quarterbacks twice. Matt Ryan drafted three overall 2008. Trevor Lawrence is number one overall last year. And then Ryan Tannehill was, I think, eight overall in 2012 with the Miami Dolphins. Now he's with the Titans. So you have six games in your division against former first overall draft picks. But then you also face Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, presumably, Carson Wentz, Tua Tungavailoa, Patrick Mahomes, and you <laughs> – you only – but here's the one that, that got me, though. Because I mentioned last year we faced all those first-round quarterbacks. And you faced four number one overalls. And you faced three others in the top three. There are only three quarterbacks this year that you faced that were drafted in the top three overall. Two of them in the division, Matt Ryan and Trevor Lawrence. And one other. Can you name him? He's, so that that was not in the top three? That was in the top three. He was drafted in the top three. And you're facing him this year. You're facing him this year. And you're saying it was Matt Ryan already, Trevor Lawrence. Yep. You faced him twice last year, and now you only face him once this year. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. That's With the it. Washington football commandos. So we're going from facing seven guys that were drafted in the top three overall one year to facing just three of them the following year. 
Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz. But isn't it all right, Russell Wilson is a good example here of it doesn't matter. It's who's good. Right. 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 And Tannehill, what's interesting about him is, yeah, he's a top 10 pick, but his original team decided not to re-up. Right. 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 He did get the second contract with the original yeah. team, but ultimately wasn't going to be a franchise lifer yeah. there in South Florida. Is Tua going to be a franchise lifer there in South Florida? That's that's an interesting one. I mean, the the social media team for the Miami Dolphins is doing everything possible, everything to put him front and center and say, look, look, look at what our guy can do. I, I'll say this, and obviously the Texans, you know, that's our team. I mean, we I want to see them do well. I kind of want Tua to do well. I kind of want Tua to, you know, kind of rise up and just say, yeah, I am I am that guy. So all you guys that were hating on me went through a whole year last year with all the Deshaun Watson rumors. Was he going to be there? Was he not? He gets the job taken away from him for whatever reason against us. I have no idea why that, that was. That was a weird day. It was a really weird day. He gets it back in the, in the Thursday night Baltimore game, and then he carries it through the rest of the year. And – had some pretty good moments, not great moments, but he's always kind of been that guy that, you know, I said the other day, I think eh, he's probably about 215 yards a game, a couple touchdowns, but then the interception he has is just kind of a backbreaker. I hope he has a really good How year. is Tyreek Hill going to act if he's not getting the ball enough yeah. and they're 500-ish, right? Right. The offense isn't really doing its thing right. as much as he's accustomed to. And there's no way they're going to do their thing as much as he's accustomed to. I don't think so. The thing about Tua, it's interesting because here you're talking about him like he's some kind of underdog. And I do think some people have some feeling about Tua and maybe Baker, too. Like anybody who whose franchise had the wandering eye toward Watson at the very least. And the Browns obviously acted on that. And you wonder what happens to the old guy, former guy. Now, in this case, the former guy is Baker Mayfield, where Watson ended up. Two is not a former guy, but he was about to be because the Dolphins were very much interested at one point. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Let's see how he does. Now, he's one of those guys, Johnny. He's my, I don't want to call it a cautionary tale, but I'm hoping, and I hate rooting against people, but sometimes it has to be done. Trevor Lawrence turns out to be this where everyone is so (laughs) sure that he's a generational (laughs) talent and player but it doesn't work out. They were saying the same thing about Tua, yeah. about Tua Tanky after for he Tua. came off the bench in place of Jalen Hurts and did what he did, helping Bama to a national championship. And look at him now, the Dolphins' social media team. Boy, are they carefully I mean, picking videos to showcase his ability. They very much are. Mm-hmm. Well, they Can have to imagine? after they had that Tyreek Hill waiting for it catch in Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't do that didn't do wonders yeah. for him. But can you imagine? And I'm sure Dolphins fans go through this every day. Can you imagine if Justin Herbert had gone to Miami? Now, I, I say that, but this is where it kind of localized it here. I think Justin Herbert went to the right situation for him because he had Tyrod there. We saw Tyrod. We also we saw how Tyrod was. He was as he was as Consummate professional as you could be when Davis went back in in late November, December. Back you don't think Fitzy would have been the right guy for Justin Herbert? Because Fitzy was no, there. I, no, I think Fitzy would have been. I think Fitzy would have been a good guy. But I'm going even further, and that is he had Pep Hamilton. Yeah, and okay. I think that helped Justin Herbert mm-hmm. a lot having Pep Hamilton. And nothing against Goose and and George Godsey down in down in Miami because and I saw this today and I don't I don't disagree with it. Um, somebody had said. 
something about the Dolphins and about Tua and about the offensive staff that the Dolphins had, and like, wow, that team found a way to I think get to nine and eight. Yeah, which is pretty, you know, pretty amazing. After I mean, their I, start, yeah, I think that I think Goose George Gutsy did a really nice job, kind of keeping that offense on track uh, with all that was going on. But I think Justin Herbert went to the right spot for him because he started his career with Pep and with a guy that was was a consummate professional, Tyrod Taylor, around him. Tua did go down to a situation where he had Fitzy, and I think Fitzy was a was a great veteran to have around him. I don't know that he quite got the quarterback coaching from the staff that he would have gotten from Pep, and so I think that that might have been that might have been different. But when you think about Tyreek, Gesicki, and Waddle with Herbert, holy smokes! I mean, it starts to it stops you in your tracks. Like, yo, that's scary. It's not like he's that weaponless with the Chargers, though. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But that would have been Marino part two to get Justin Herbert yes. down there. Look, they have a lot of swings and misses, or not even swings. Drew Brees, not yeah. even a swing. Herbert, right. not even a swing. Right. So they have a lot of misses. A lot of teams can say that, but those are glaring ones for the Dolphins, unless especially Tua turns out to be a pretty solid quarterback. And look, he looks, based on the second half of last year, kind of solid right now. We'll see. Sports, that's what I always say. It's a we'll-see kind of thing. You got to see it play out. You just don't know sometimes. Yep. Texans will face five quarterbacks that made the playoffs in 2021. Five. Four of them lost in their very first playoff game. Derek Carr lost to the Bengals and the Raiders. Tannehill and the Titans lost to the Bengals. Jalen Hurts lost right away to Tampa Bay. I mean, they weren't going to beat Tampa Bay. Uh, and then Dak Prescott and the Cowboys lost to the 49ers in the first one. But here's two who didn't make the playoffs. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. Tough customers did not make the postseason. You're going to make a bet. Denver, Chargers. One of them is going to make the playoffs. Which one is it? Chargers. I still have too many questions about Denver. I, I do, too. I do, too. And it's a first-year coach uh, with Nathaniel Hackett and how that works together. And I think Hackett's – I think he's a good coach. I think – I mean, look, the Jags had one great season in 2017 over the last how many ever years. Hackett was the OC in that thing. He was the OC that got Blake Bortles in that offense to move the ball and, and do some good things with Fournette. That was Nathaniel Hackett. So I know he's gonna he's gonna do a, a pretty solid job, but he's the head coach now, Johnny. It's Brandon Staley, though. Brandon Staley, I think. It, I think the arrow's going up. I think he's he's uh, obviously a defensive guru, as everybody would call him. But I think he's got a pretty grand understanding of how you need to win, how you need to do it in this league. I think he's going to be – I think he's the right fit for that Chargers team. He was the guy who pushed to get Khalil Mack. They did it. The Chargers did a video uh, up kind of talking to Brandon Staley, and that was after the season was over. Staley went to went to um, Tom Telesco and was like, Khalil Mack. He had been talking about him for a while, and he's he coached him. That I forgot. He coached him, the Chicago Bears. He was his position coach. And then he went out and he got him and – Brought them to L.A., and my God, are they going to have some issues out in the AFC West trying to block those. I mean, all four of them. We talked about it last night. All four of those defense – well, three of them. I don't know the, the Chiefs. I'm like, mm. they're built a little differently. It's not about their edge guys. But, man, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, Bosa and Khalil Mack, and um, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. Holy I'm smokes. glad they're beating each other up out there in the AFC West. We need it. The Texans yeah. play those teams. Yeah. Also, the NFC East, Philadelphia Eagles, 
make the playoffs in Nick Sirianni's first year. Yeah. When was that horrible press conference he had? Was that his introductory? Was, yeah, it was introductory press conference. It was awful. Yet look, he made the playoffs. You know, that's a he pretty got good... comfortable pretty quickly in a tough town. Yes, and, and the division wasn't good, yet you had two teams making the postseason from that yep. division, and Washington for a while was a little bit of a threat. Speaking of Washington, did you see their uh, renderings of the uh, practice facility that's straight out of Minecraft? Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet. In okay, Southern Virginia, go I'll go look for it. Ron Rivera posted it. Oh, he did? Yeah, he posted it, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, boy. I can't wait to face Carson Wentz. That's going to be fun. It'll be here. NRG Stadium. Tickets at HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. Yes. Coming up next, how about a little Nico Collins to shut it down on a Friday? That's next on Texans All Access. Friday, that's next on Texans All Access. Friday, that's. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access. I'm your host, Sean Harris. It's time to go to a little deep slant action here with our good friend, DP Sidhu, alongside wide receiver Nico Collins. DP, take it away. So it's OTAs. Levy Smith said this is really a period for individual improvement. Yeah, so, sure. you know, what, what are your goals here through the next few weeks? No, I'm just working on things I need to prove on from um, last year. You know, I feel like it's a lot of things to work on my game. I feel like it's a great opportunity for everybody you know, to come in, you know, get time with the quarterbacks, uh, work on the things I feel like, you know, that need to be worked on to so improve for the season. You know, so I feel like it's a great time for everybody to come out here and work on the things, you know, everybody need to work on. What is that process like, working on the chemistry between you and Davis Mills? I know you guys have worked a little bit this yeah. offseason before you even got to OTA. Uh -huh. So tell us a little bit about how you and him plan to get better, working on your timing. Yeah, and stuff. We, all, we all plan to get better, man. You know, um, during this offseason, Davis, he, um, he planned to, you know, throw a position, quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends over this offseason. So it was a great opportunity for the Wild House tight ends go out there and play, you know, get the timing down right, you know, get the footwork because, you know, we have ended our season – Kind of early, you know, didn't, didn't like that feeling, you know, but I feel like it was a great time, you know, to get back on the field, get that juice back going, you know, get the timing back right, you know, so we come out here prepared for OTAs. Is it different working with a quarterback like that off season, you know, in a different place, just you guys just working out? It's a little bit more fun, a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, yeah you know, it is, it is kind of fun, you know, different scenery, you know, we in Atlanta, you know, we in his state, you know, his city, <laughs> you know, you know, he's from Georgia. So I mean, it was great to go down there, you know, for a good week, you know, get a great week of work, you know, um, with everybody, you know, so. I feel like that, that helped out a lot. I feel like wide receivers and quarterbacks, it's not just the chemistry on the field, but you guys have to sort of get in sync off the field, too. Were you able to do that as well? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we did go to dinner, though. We did. But, you know, <laughs> after we got down with the throwing session, you know, it was kind of one of those, like, all right, we're going to go lay down because, you know, <laughs> we got back. We all flew back you know, to Houston, you know, Sunday, you know, to work, get ready for workouts Monday. So, you know, that was a pretty, you know, it was a grind week. You know, it really wasn't no vacation, you know, but it was a work week, you know, but um, our time off, you know, we got to enjoy it for sure. We definitely enjoyed that for sure, Nico. Thank you. Thank you, DP. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, BMAC and JP. And thank you to all of you for listening. We'll see you on Monday. And as always, go Texans.